It's been 25 years since the Americans with Disabilities Act became law, with the aim of preventing discrimination and providing equal access to public and private services for people with disabilities. Although the ADA has achieved some of its goals, substantial disparities in health and access to health care remain. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Georgina Peacock, Director of the Division of Human Development and Disabilities at the National Center on Birth Defects and Developmental Disabilities part of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Dr. Peacock has co-authored a perspective article on progress made since the passage of the ADA and what remains to be done to ensure equal access and equal opportunity for people with disabilities. Dr. Peacock, where have the medical and public health communities made the most progress when it comes to improving the lives of people with disabilities, and where does the most work remain to be done? I think most of the advances that have been made, especially attributable to the ADA, have been in gaining access to public services. So thinking about the built environment, for example, being able to get from the parking lot into a hospital, for example, because there are curb cuts for a wheelchair that make a wheelchair be able to gain access into the hospital. The other advances that have been made are related really to attitudes toward and understandings of the abilities of people with disabilities. Where we still have a way to go is thinking in more details about some of the physical barriers to care, such as medical diagnostic equipment. You might think about a mammogram. If a woman in a wheelchair needs to have a mammogram, it needs to be accessible so that she's able to get that mammogram while being in her wheelchair. Or another example might be the need for sign language interpreters for somebody who is hard of hearing or who's deaf. And so those are the types of advances that we've made progress with, but we still have a long way to go. Why do you think that those problems with access to care for disabled people still exist, inaccessible equipment, lack of sign language interpreters? Does that reflect problems in the law itself, or has enforcement of the ADA been the issue? I think it's a process. And so with the ADA, it's been a process of gaining understanding about the needs of people with disabilities. And then It takes time to develop standards to make sure that equipment is accessible. The Affordable Care Act has built on the provisions within the ADA and given some more specificity to things that can further increase access to care. For example, in the Affordable Care Act, there was an elimination of people being rejected from a health plan because of a pre-existing condition or caps on um, an annual out-of-pocket expenditure. There are also other provisions within the ACA that talk about authorizing federal funding for the training of healthcare professionals so that they understand the needs of people with disabilities. You write in your article that the number of Americans with disabilities will probably increase in the future. Is that inevitable given increases in chronic diseases and improved care for people who have previously life-threatening conditions? Or can more be done to prevent some types of disability? It's a bit of both. We know that we have a population that's aging, and we know that disability increases as the population ages. However, as you point out in your question, There are certainly opportunities we have 
for health promotion so that people, for example, don't end up developing disabilities related to a chronic disease like diabetes. So if we have good health promotion activities going on where people don't develop diabetes, then that leads us to think that they wouldn't develop the disability related that could be a result of diabetes. Another potential area for health promotion, in your article you cite data that suggests that people with disabilities are more likely to use tobacco and less likely to exercise than people without disabilities. What types of interventions do we need to address behavioral determinants of health in people with disabilities? There are certainly certain things like the use of tobacco or increased weight or obesity in people with disabilities that need to be addressed. And part of what needs to happen is that health promotion programs needed to be adapted so that people with disabilities are able to use those. For example, maybe fitness programs that can help with increased physical activity, but if a person can't get to either the health center where that's offered or if they are not able to partake in that activity, then they may have less physical activity in their lives. Looking more globally, in 2012, the Senate declined to ratify the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. What was the objection to that international treaty and what kind of effect has it had on Americans with disabilities? That's really not within the scope of what we do here at CDC. What we're doing here at CDC is really trying to promote health in people with disabilities and improve quality of life. And certainly within the laws that have been passed, the ADA and then the ACA, we've seen provisions within these laws that have really opened the door to improve life for people with disabilities and improve their health. Going back to the Affordable Care Act, is there evidence that more people with disabilities are gaining insurance coverage under the Act, that some barriers to care are being removed? Because of some of the provisions that I talked about before, lifting of total lifetime limits on insurance coverage and the caps on annual out-of-pocket expenditures, those types of things have certainly improved the likelihood that people with disabilities can get the health care that they need. Finally, what steps can individual physicians take, both for their own patients and on a policy level, to help improve care and access to services for people with disabilities? So healthcare providers have a unique opportunity to be able to both provide those messages for health promotion. So one thing they can do is understand that their patients who might have a disability such as a mobility limitation where they use a wheelchair or maybe an intellectual disability, that they are at higher risk for poor health and therefore they can uh, promote those messages of health promotion, healthy eating, increased physical activity, decreasing tobacco use. The other thing that healthcare providers can do is advocate that they have the right equipment in their facilities so that they do have a facility where they can provide a mammogram for a person with a disability or that they are able to communicate a complicated medical condition to their patient that's deaf by having trained sign language interpreters. Those are two examples of a way that a healthcare provider could really improve the quality of healthcare that a person with a disability is receiving. Thank you, Dr. Peacock.